Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Well, hey, gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. Thank you for taking your time and tuning in to my voice and listening to what I have to say. I appreciate that because sometimes I feel like I don't really have a lot to say of value and I just waste my breath and my wife will tell me that. (laughs) Just joking. She doesn't. Oh, sometimes she does. But no, I just appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I really do. Um, it blesses me to to know that um, by the grace of God, and, I, and when I say that, I'm not just saying some like cliche sentence, like that sounds good, you know, in your ears, right? Like, oh, by the grace of God, this is happening. Like, I actually really mean that. I, like by God's faithfulness, by God's mercy, by God's goodness, he, he has chosen to allow me to be a voice of encouragement for you. And that just really uh, encourages me to to know that I love to hear from you guys. Um, it really, really blesses me. It actually makes my day when I, you know, receive an email just sharing. A lot of guys have shared just their stories of, of things they're going through and struggles. And it gives me opportunity to to pray and to kind of stand in the gap with you guys and believe God with you guys. And um, it just encourages me to know that you're finding some strength and encouragement uh, just from not from primarily what I can say, but just from the word of God, man, like from truth. I mean, there's so many voices out there. You can tune in like there's there's I'm guessing millions of podcasts. and you could tune into it, and I'm sure you listen to other podcasts too. I'd hope you would. Um, but there, you know, you, there's a lot of voices out there and things that you can listen to, and and most of most of it is just people's opinions. And I mean, I have my opinions on things. You have your opinions on things, um, which is normal, and that's what we get when we live in a world with you know billions of people. We're gonna get also we're gonna get billions of opinions. Uh, but ultimately what we need, amen, what we need is truth. And Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And God's word is truth. Every word of God is true. And it's it's Jesus and it's the Bible that we need in this world that we're living in, in this crazy opinionated world that we live in we need truth gentlemen and so that's 
I always want to get on this podcast. I'll give my opinion. I'll give my thoughts. I absolutely will. I'll try to share dumb jokes and dad stories and stuff like that, which I love. I love just kind of walking through. Most of you, if you've been listening for a while, you kind of just been walking alongside my life with me for the last couple of years. And that's what I like to do as I start this podcast. But ultimately, I want to give you God's word and God's truth. Amen. Because that's what we need. So uh, it's really cool. I'm really encouraged. I want to give a shout out to Matt and Yuli. Uh, they know who they are, obviously. <laughs> um, but they, it's really cool. About a month ago, the Lord um, ordained for this uh, man, Matt, to reach out to me. Uh, sent me a DM on on Facebook Messenger. And he just expressed to me how, how literally out of nowhere... Um, he heard uh, a, a man preaching. He heard the audio of some sermon being preached. Um, it was either a sermon I preached or a podcast I was I had online. But his it ended up on his wife's phone, who was just I'm assuming in the, in the room with <clears throat> with him. And he heard my voice speaking and and was just like, you know, who is that? Who who is that? And his, his wife just said, I don't know, some some guy named Matt. And next thing you know, they realized that I was actually a local pastor literally three minutes from where they live. And he sent me a message on Facebook just and we got the conversation going. And um, Matt and Yuli and their, and their kids have been coming to our church now for probably a month, maybe four or five weeks, something like that. Just new. And, and my wife and I have been able to sit with them individually and sit with them together. Um, we actually met them last night for a coffee and just a good conversation. And uh, they they came to us at a time in their life where they were really needing God and in some areas like we all do, like we all need God in so many areas. And some sometimes it's heavier at times. And um, and we've just been able to see God do some awesome things um, in, in their life, uh, individually and together as a couple. And, uh, it's really encouraging. And I just want to give a shout out to Matt and Yuli. Um, my, you know, my wife and I, Cindy, we're rooting for you guys. We're praying for you guys and we stand, uh, with you in your corner. And, um, so yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out, appreciate you and, uh, look forward to what God has in store, um, by his grace, by his goodness as he continues just to lead and guide you and direct you guys forward into his plans, not your own. And so just wanted to give you guys a shout out. But with that, we are going to get into today's topic. As you can hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. What we are talking about is when a man seeks the Lord. When a man seeks the Lord. Okay, not not a lot of men on planet Earth today are seeking the Lord. Um, men are seeking power. Men are seeking money. Men are seeking uh, a raise, a promotion. Men are seeking a new sexual experience. Men are seeking a good time. Men are seeking the next high. Men are seeking the next party. Men are seeking, um, you know, more things, the newest iPhone, a better house, a newer car, 
bigger rims, a louder subwoofer stereo system in their car, um, and on and on and on. Men are seeking pleasure. Men are seeking things that make them feel good temporarily. That's that's what most men on this planet are seeking. Uh, but I want to uh, remind you, gentlemen, uh, that the greatest thing and greatest person that we could ever seek with the time and the breath and the energy that we have is seeking God, seeking God. He's real. He's alive. Uh, God, the Bible says that the word of God became flesh. God came as flesh in Jesus Christ and he walked on planet earth for 33 years and uh, and then he was nailed to a cross for our sins. He took our sins upon himself. The Bible says that he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And he he showed us how to live. He was our example of, of a man. He died for us in our place. He rose back to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he resurrected and he ascended to heaven where he is ruling and reigning over earth right now. And one day, Jesus Christ... God in flesh is going to come back and he's going to take his people back home with him to heaven. One day we'll have a new heaven and reign on a new earth with the Lord Jesus. That's the reality of God. And there is nothing more important in your life than to be seeking that God, than to be seeking Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's what we're talking about. And I want to remind you that there will be a day where you no longer have time to seek him. There's going to be a day and your day might be today. And I hope it's not today. Your day might be tomorrow or in a year or in five years or in 50 years where where you take your last breath. And once you take your last breath in this body, which is temporary, the Bible teaches that um, in the resurrection there will be, you'll be given a new body. Okay. Some of you are like, yes, you can say goodbye to this dad bod you have <laughs> and, and receive your resurrected body. But, uh, the reality is, is that when you take your last breath on this planet, in this flesh, you, your time is over. You cannot seek God anymore. It's done. It's done. And, and you are driven then into eternity whether it's, and I'm not, that's a whole other podcast there, but whether it's forever with the Lord in heaven and eventually on the new earth, or whether it's in eternity in hell and eventually in the lake of fire, where Satan and demons will be destroyed and where people are going to be thrown forever. Uh, and that's a deep, deep biblical uh, doctrine. Um, which is a reality, okay? It's a reality. It's truth. Um, and so now is the time to be seeking the Lord, gentlemen. Now is the time to not be playing games, okay? It's not a time to be playing games, to be fooling around, to be messing around, to say with your words, I love Jesus, I'm seeking Jesus, and your life shows the complete opposite, okay? Now is the time to be seeking the Lord, because man, the days are evil. The days are man. Time is time is ending. Okay, and and again, I'm not I'm not gonna start to say, oh, 
You know, the Lord's coming back in the next 10 years, 50 years, 100, because nobody knows when he when he'll return. But what we do know is that we have to be ready. We have to be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. And and that's all that matters. And and every day is a gift. You don't know if tomorrow's promised. And so when, when I know for me, when when my when my heart decides to stop, I want to make sure that I'm living right before God that I'm holding nothing back from him, that I'm sincerely, truly living with integrity and not perfection, but I'm living with integrity and godly character and a heart that is towards him. I want to be seeking the Lord every hour of every day. And again, I don't do it perfectly. I don't do it the best. There's times I stumble and fail along the way, but my, my heart, God, is I want to seek you. And the Bible teaches that we need to seek him while he may be found. And listen to that. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 to 7, it says, seek the Lord while he may be found. All right, we talked about that. There's going to be a day where you can no longer seek the Lord. Right? As Christians, when, when our time is done, we'll no longer seek Jesus. We will live with him. We will rule and reign with him. Amen? So now is the time to seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, right? Drop your sin. Stop seeking your own pleasure and your wicked ways and and turn to God. And he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon you. Amen? Turn to God. Seek the Lord. Let him have mercy upon your life. Amen? In, in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, God's people, Israel, they were sinning over and over and over against God. And God warned them that they would be taken captive by Babylon because of their sin. And you'll read as you read in many Old Testament passages, but especially in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah kept prophesying the word of the Lord to them that, you know, of what they're to do and that captivity is coming um, if they don't turn to God and obey God and they just wouldn't obey. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't seek the Lord. And because of this, um, they were then taking into captivity for 70 years. They were away from home and they were held in captivity, left wondering what is happening in my life. Well, God warned them many, many times, and now it came true. Now they're held in bondage and captivity in Babylon. Excuse me. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I apologize. Sorry about that. And this was the state of Israel in the book of Jeremiah, okay? And God speaks these words uh, to them that I'm going to read to you while they were in a very fearful and confusing and very insecure time in their life. And you're like, okay, I relate to that. Maybe right now in your life, gentlemen, there's you're, feel, you're feeling fearful, you're feeling confused, and you're feeling like totally straight up insecure in your life. Okay, well, this is how Israel was feeling. And if you're feeling like this, then receive these words from God, okay? In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14, this is what the Lord says to Israel, when they were in their captivity season, okay? When 70 years are complete for Babylon, are completed for Babylon, I will come to you to fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
and then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Okay, let me read that verse 12 again. A lot of us love Jeremiah 29 11, right? You see it on t-shirts. Yeah, you see it on bumper stickers and cell phone cases. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Woo, praise God. Write that. Print that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, put that on your social media. Yeah, and yeah, I say amen. God does have great things for us. Amen. God knows the plans he has for us. Yes, but this was given to, to, to Israel in a time of captivity. And this is him reminding them that, listen, this time of captivity will happen. I told you it's going to happen. You you disobeyed me. This is your consequence for your sin, Israel. But I know the things that I have for you down the road in your future. But, but notice verse 12. There's a requirement to find what he has for them in the future. Gentlemen, there is a requirement for you to find what God has for you. God's not just going to spoon feed you his plans and purposes and your future. Okay? Like there's a time to, to to get off the breast of your mom and seek some real food, right? If you hear what I'm saying, like, come on, grow up, man up, get off your, your baby high chair and start seeking the things of God like, like a man. Amen. Come on. Now is not the time to be horsing around and just sucking the spoon of baby food. So he says, I know plans for you. I know it's, you got a good future ahead of you, but notice verse 12. You will call on me and come to pray to me and I'll listen to you. Gentlemen, are you praying? Are you praying? Are you seeking God? Do you have do you spend time with God in prayer? Or do you just get up and just, you know, just start doing you? And again, I'm 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 challenging myself right now. My time of prayer, my time of seeking God in prayer is first thing in the morning. It has to be. If I don't do it then, I won't do it throughout my day. When I get home from work, I'm too tired. I need to wind down. So so when's your time to prayer? When, when do you give God time? When are you seeking God? When are you praying to God? When are you getting close to Jesus? When are you walking close with God in prayer? You need to have that. That, that has to be a priority, gentlemen. He says, you'll call to call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. And when you do that, when you pray to me, when you come and pray to me, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart, right? Not just singing Kumbaya and then expecting God to bring revival into your life. Okay. This, this is like day in, day out, because let me, let me just remind you, if you don't know this already, I'm sure some of you can relate to this, but, but you, you might pray one morning and go about your day and experience no change. You might pray for a whole week and go about your, your weeks on after that and, and experience no change. You might pray for months and months and months, and still it looks like there's no change. This is what seeking God is all about. This is seeking God with all of your heart. I'm not going to give up after months of prayer, months of seeking God. And yeah, I know that's hard because we live in a drive-through world. We want to we we live in a microwave world. We want to throw our prayer request in, shut the microwave door, put 10 seconds on the microwave, sit there, you know, waiting impatiently for 10 seconds to end and then pull out our prayer request, our answer. Oh, there it is, right? And it does not work that way. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. This, this is a podcast episode, man, for 
If you've been a wimpy Christian, this, this, this let this let the Spirit of God use this podcast to drive you out of your wimpiness, out of your 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 just pathetic what you call seeking God. And I'm not trying to be harsh to you, but man, this is not the day to be to be messing around. I I just feel this man strong. It's time to seek God with all of our heart. And he says, I'll be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places when I've where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. When you seek me and pray and seek me and find me with all of your heart, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now, what does it mean to seek? Well, you probably already know that, but let me inform you if you are confused. Seek means it's an action word, okay? There's an action when it comes to seeking. Like, what are you doing about it? You can't just say, I'm seeking without doing something about it. It's an attempt to find something. So what are you looking for? Uh, so many men are attempting to find, you know, new success, new career, new fame, new fortune, right? They're, they're making attempts, you know, to start a new business, attempts to like get better, get stronger, get wiser, get healthier. Again, all good, fine and th- things in, in, their, in their rightful place and time. But that's what seeking is. It's, it's an attempt to find something. So are, are you attempting to find God? to find God and to know God, to know Jesus more? Are you attempting that? Are you seeking that in your life? Because there are times, listen, that we just follow God. We, we know what God has told us, and so we follow. We, we know where God is leading us, and so we follow. We know what God has shown us, and so we follow. But then there are times when we don't know what to do or where to go or how to do it. So what do we do? What do we do when we don't know what's happening? That's when we say we're going to seek God. We're going to seek hard after God with all of our hearts. We are going to attempt to find God because we don't know all the details, but we're seeking God for them. We don't know all the directions that God has me, for me to go, but we're seeking after God's direction. We don't know all the answers, but man, we are praying and crying out to God for the answers. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Look to the Lord and his strength. Gentlemen, don't do this in your own strength. Stop it. It's never going to work for you. Serving Jesus in your own strength will always fail. Seeking the things of God, pursuing the things of God in your own strength will always fail. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened up to you. Jesus said, gentlemen, seek and you will find. Okay, so let's ask a question here. How do we do this? How do we seek after God and what he has in store for my life? Number one, I'm, we're going to talk about three points here. Number one, when seeking God, and this one sounds, this, this may not be what you expect, but this is absolutely crucial when you're seeking God's plans, when you're seeking God's direction, when you're seeking God's things in store that he has in store for your life. We have to stay behind God when we're seeking him. A lot of times you will be tempted to start implementing your own plans before God. 
Trust me, I know from experience, it never works. It's exhausting and it's tiring. Not to say that seeking, that fulfilling what God has shown you is not exhausting and tiring, but it's even more exhausting and tiring when you begin to seek and implement things of your own wit and understanding and, and ability, okay? So we need to stay behind God, number one. We don't want to get ahead of God. Uh, in, the, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, it talks about how Moses' time is up now. He's an old man, and he can no longer uh, lead the people of Israel forward. And so uh, he hands over the baton of leadership to Joshua. Verse 1, when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, Moses said, I am now 120 years old. Yeah, yeah, you should be retired. It's time to put your feet up, Moses. And I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you're not going to cross the Jordan River, but the Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you'll take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord had promised. So Joshua is now the new leader in place of Moses, and he was to continue to to do the work that Moses had begun, but now Joshua has to do it his own way, right? Joshua is a different man, and Joshua is going to lead Israel forward into the promised land, but just like Moses, it's important that Joshua, he'll do it his own way, but just like Moses did it his way, Joshua will do it his, his way, but ultimately they both need to make sure they're not getting ahead of God. And so Joshua needs to continue to lead, but not to get ahead of God. Yeah, do it your way, Joshua, because you're you're different. You're not Moses. We're not expecting you to lead us forward the way that Moses did. Do it your way, but Joshua is called to make sure he's not getting ahead of God. So he's supposed to lead them forward. So we read here in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant, now the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament represents the, the presence of God. It represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you see the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them, right? When you see, in other words, when you see the presence of God going ahead of you, the Ark of the Covenant going ahead of you, then follow them, follow him, right? Stay behind them. Verse four, since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, right? Look at that. They will guide you. God will guide you. You're entering new territory. You're entering new ground. You're into new season of your life. God will guide you. The presence of God will guide you as you stay behind him. Keeping a clear distance between you and the ark, make sure you don't come any closer. And then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people again. God goes ahead of us. We don't go ahead of God. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites, and they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. So point number one, gentlemen, when seeking God, we need to stay behind him. Do not get in front of God. It's always been this way. God is God. You're not God. 
God knows what's coming down your future. You don't. So follow God's direction. Seek hard after him, but never get in front of God. Always stay behind him as you seek him. Number two, when we seek God, it's okay to ask for a sign. We don't want to always be asking for a sign. We A lot of times, it's most times, it's walking by faith, right? Stepping into things that we don't see fully, we don't understand fully. But I want to encourage you that it's okay to ask God for a sign. Like, give me a sign, God. And so this is, this is crucial when seeking God's direction, when seeking God's heart, when seeking God's face. Lord, show me, show me, give me a sign, show me something here, God. Yes, listen, we go primarily by the word of God. That is the number one way that we seek God, okay? That's the number one way we get God's direction is the Bible, the Bible, God's word. After that, we get we get signs, we get dreams, we get prophetic words, but but it will confirm God's word, okay? It'll, it'll confirm what God has written in the Bible. But we it's okay at times to ask God for a sign. Show me, Lord. Give me a sign. I want to remind you of the story of a man in the Bible named Gideon. So we already read about the man Joshua seeking uh, God in God's direction um, while staying behind God. And now we're looking at Gideon. Well, Gideon happens to be a man who asked God a couple times for a sign. Lord, show me a sign. Let's just read about Gideon in Judges chapter 6, verses 1. The Israelites, again, did evil in the Lord's sight. See, they, all through the Old Testament, man, they were just doing their own thing. They were worshiping false gods and sinning against God and uh, just following after all these other false religions. And God's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm your God. I delivered you. Seek me. So they're doing it again. In verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. Yeah. So see... Because of their sin, God allowed them to have some judgment from the Midianites for seven years. And part of this judgment because of their sin was these cruel people, enemy people from Midian would come in and they would destroy all of their, their stuff. They would steal all of their crops. They would destroy them. They would take everything from them and they're left with nothing. And now they're reduced to starvation. And so now they're calling upon the name of the Lord in verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, not Oprah Winfrey, but Oprah. Sorry, that was lame. Uh, The angel of the Lord came, sat beneath the tree, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abizor. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press. So Gideon is is threshing his wheat in below a wine press because he's trying to hide from, from the Midianites so they don't come and steal his wheat. 
That's how that's how afraid he is. That's how that was the state of of Israel. They have to hide from the enemy because they keep taking everything from them. So he's threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "Mighty hero, the Lord is with you." And Gideon replied, "If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why why has all this bad stuff happened to us if the Lord is with us? Do you ever feel that way? Well, sometimes God allows bad things to happen to teach us some lessons. I'll say that. And sometimes bad things happen simply because we live in a bad world. We live in a world with bad people who do bad things. And sometimes, unfortunately, that affects us as good people, as God's people even. Okay? That's just the reality. So he's like, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say that the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So God's like, I'm sending you, Gideon. Oh, man, who's hiding from the enemy. Oh, man, who's afraid. And he's at the bottom of a wine press threshing wheat because he's afraid. And and, he, and God calls him a mighty hero. Another translation says, oh, val- man of valor, right? Go, and I'm going to use you to rescue Israel from the Midianites. Gideon says, Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Like I'm like the the runt of the family. I'm like the the outcast of the family. Who am I? And the Lord said said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. See, when God is with you, that changes everything. Verse 33, soon afterward, the armies of Midian, uh, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abizar came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulon, and Naphtali, summoning warriors, and all of them responded. Then Gideon said to God, if you are truly going to Use me to rescue Israel as you promised. Prove it to me in this way. There it is. He's seeking God. Lord, if you're really calling me a man of valor, if you're really calling me to to deliver Israel, then I need a sign. Prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. And if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground around is dry, then I will know that you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And this is just what happened. When Gideon got up the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. And then Gideon said to God, please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request, right? So so Gideon's like, Lord, show me a sign. And God's like, okay, I'll give you a sign. And he gave him a sign. And then Gideon's like, okay, please don't be mad, but please do it once more. Give me one more sign. And he says, now let me use this fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece stay dry while the ground around it is wet. And so that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece uh, was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. Okay, so listen, sometimes we need to say, God, please show me a sign. 
when we're seeking God, we're seeking God. What do you want from me? What do you have for me? You know, we have your word. Yes, we have your promises. Yes, we have the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. Woo! Yes, right. We got all these great resources that God can use to help us and show us in, in seeking God's plan and direction uh, for our life. But there are times where we can say, God, show me a sign. Gideon did it twice. And God did it twice. God did it twice. That's how good God is. God knew that Gideon needed a sign twice. (laughs) And so we can do that as well. There's times, yes, we do it by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we know that's true. But there are times where we say, God, please show me something here. And God is gracious. God is good. And he knows knows right now if you need a sign from him, ask him about it. Ask him. Say, God, give me a sign. Show me what I'm supposed to do here. And just like Gideon, I believe that God in his mercy and grace will give you a sign. And that's part of seeking God is saying, Lord, please show me. Give me some proof. Prove it to me, Lord. Prove it to me. So ask him. Ask him for a sign. And my third point, as I wrap up this podcast shortly here, when we're seeking God, we're seeking God's direction, is we need to ask for wisdom and understanding. We need to ask for discernment. God, give me wisdom to know what to do here, Lord. I need wisdom from God. And there's a man named Solomon in the Bible. Solomon is taking over as king for his father, David. David was the greatest, most famous king of Israel. And Solomon now is taking over as the king for his father. He's doing a new job. He's now being promoted to a new position. And Solomon needs God to do this, okay? We read here in 1 Kings 3, that night the Lord appears to Solomon in a dream and God says in a dream to Solomon, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. It's like, how, how many of you right now, if God came to you in a dream and said, hey, yo, what do you want? Ask me what you, ask me, and I'll give it to you. Be honest right now. What would you ask God for? <laughs> Come on, be real. He already knows, right? I would like a new car, God. I would like uh, a new job. I, I would like a new relationship. The one I'm in is just driving me nuts, right? Don't ask that. That's wrong. <laughs> I, I would like some new clothes. I like a new iPhone, God. <laughs> Honestly, what would you ask God for, right? And so he comes to Solomon. He's like, Solomon, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. Verse six, Solomon replies, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. I feel like just a little boy. I don't know what I'm doing, God. Verse eight. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they can't be counted. He says, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Solomon needed wisdom. And he's seeking God. He's like, God, give me wisdom here. 
I need wisdom from you, Lord, to know it. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where my life is heading. I don't know where my marriage is heading. I don't know where my kids are heading. God, I need wisdom. I need understanding. I need to know what you would have for me to do here, God. Please give me wisdom and a heart of knowledge, a heart of understanding. Amen? And so all three of these men, and by the way, God was pleased with his response. And he, and he said in the Bible, as the story continues, he says, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you riches. And he blessed him with great riches as well. And now I'm, I'm not saying, oh, just ask God for wisdom and God's going to make you rich. Okay. I am not one of those, one of those prosperity preachers who say, just serve God and God's going to make you rich. Okay. We're not getting into that, but that's not the point here. Solomon said, God, I need your wisdom. And so we find here in these three men, Joshua, Gideon, and Solomon, they were normal men, just like you, just like me. There's, there was nothing different about, about Joshua and Gideon and Solomon. They're just like, like us, okay? You need to understand that. And, and they were all at a place where they were they were needing God's help. They were needing God. They were needing God. And so they they were seeking God. They were seeking God. They were following God. They said, Lord, I want to do your will. I know what you've called me to do, and I'm seeking after you, God. And Joshua led by not getting ahead of God. He was, he was seeking God by not getting ahead of God. Gideon was leading and seeking God by humbling, asking God for a sign. Lord, show me, give me a sign. And Solomon was leading and seeking God by recognizing that he needed a heart of wisdom and that he couldn't do it without God's understanding, heart, and wisdom. And all of these men are just like us. And, and they were men who needed to seek after God. They needed God's direction. They needed God's help. They needed God's Holy Spirit. They needed God's power. They needed God's wisdom and direction in their life, just like you and I do. And they found what they needed by seeking after God. And that's what it comes down to. And like we talked about already at the beginning of this podcast, most, most men around us are seeking money and power and career and sex and fame and pleasure. But we want to be men who are seeking after God. Look what the psalmist said as I close in Psalm 27 verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. When you, God, said, seek me, my heart said to you, God, I will seek you. When you, God, almighty God, creator of everything around me, when you said to me, a mere wretched man, when you said to me, seek me, Seek my face. My heart responded to you. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Is that, is that your response to God? Is it? Is it? God is saying to you right now, seek me, man. Seek my will. Seek my face. Seek my word. Seek me in prayer. Seek my plan for your family. Seek my plan for your marriage. Seek my plan for your career. Seek me. Seek me. Seek my face. Are, is your heart responding to God that way? Or are you saying, no, God, sorry, 
I'm, I'm, I'm doing me. I'm doing me right now. Stop it. Repent. Turn to God and say, Lord, when you said, seek my face, my heart will respond now. Your, your face, I will seek, Lord. Your plan, I will seek, Lord. No longer me. I'm not seeking me anymore. I'm seeking you, God. That's what it is to be a man who seeks God, who seeks the Lord. And that's the kind of man we need to be. That's the kind of men we need to be, gentlemen. I hope that you're challenged today. I hope that if it's necessary, that you're convicted by the Holy Spirit today. And that conviction is drawing you back to God, to being a man to seek the things of God. I hope that you're finding encouragement by today's episode. It's a very important one. And listen, a way that you can find help in seeking God is through community. And um, I I offer a, a frontline men's prayer group on Zoom. It's every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are absolutely welcome to it. And uh, if you want to be a part of that time of prayer, you can just just send me an email at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com and let me know that you want to be added onto that list. I'll be sure I send the link out uh, literally like right at 4 o'clock. You'll see it come into your inbox. So it's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Friday. Um And so if you're like in Central or Pacific time, you'll have to do the math. Just Google it of what time that would be in your time. And uh, that's what we do. I'd love for you to join us on prayer. And uh, it's about a 40-minute time of prayer. We we talk, we laugh, we get to know each other, we share burdens, and then we pray for each other. Uh, I met a new gentleman. Sorry if I get your name wrong. I think it was Tom. It was great to meet a new man last Friday. Uh, Tom, if that's your name, I believe it was. It was great meeting you. And I'd love to meet you as well. So let me know and you can join in on that. You can connect with me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube at Matt Frederick Knoll. That's my full name, Matt Frederick Knoll. You can find uh, what I'm doing online. And uh, yeah, again, you can email me standing on the front line at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our, our website uh, f- for our church. It's kind of everything we're doing as far as our ministry, frontlinechurchkw.com. And that's that. So thank you for tuning in. I hope that you are encouraged. And until next time, gentlemen, just keep standing on the front line for the glory of God. Thanks for joining me on the front line. We're done here. Time to go. I hope that you were challenged, equipped, and encouraged to remain standing for Jesus, your marriages, your families, and the plans and purposes of God for your life. I am prepared. I'd love to connect with you. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Frontline Man. Follow me and you're in good company. Watch the podcast on YouTube. Watch it. And also email me questions, comments, or prayer requests at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. I just want to talk. One more thing. If you could please leave me a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this would really help spread the word of the podcast to other listeners around the world. I'm looking for someone to share in. Until next time, gentlemen, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. We stand ready.